Hi, I'm Stacy Piggott, and this is Seizing Life, a weekly podcast produced by Citizens United for Research in Epilepsy, or CURE. Today, I'm delighted to have Gardner Lapham with us to shed light on the epilepsy health crisis in the developing world and the steps that are being taken to address it. Gardner is a passionate advocate for epilepsy research, education, and awareness. Her background makes her uniquely qualified to speak with us about this pressing public health issue. She is a registered nurse with a master's in international public health, and after losing her four-year-old son, Henry, to sudden unexpected death in epilepsy, SUDEP, she became actively involved in epilepsy advocacy. She is a longtime friend, supporter, and board member of CURE, serving as our board chair from 2013 to 2015. She currently sits on the International League Against Epilepsy's Global Outreach Task Force, as well as the International Bureau for Epilepsy's Communication Task Force. Gardner is a trustee of the Band Foundation that is supporting advocacy efforts on Africa. Thank you, Gardner, so much for being with us here today. Thanks for having me, Stacey. I've known you for a long time, so it's, mm -hmm. it's an honor to long be time. here. <laughs> I know. It's awful what pulls us into this issue, but um, we're both parents in this, and, and you know that um, I came into this, gosh, almost 12 years ago after I lost my son, Henry. He was four years old, had just been diagnosed with epilepsy, and um, died suddenly, unexpectedly in his sleep. And um, I had no idea you could die from a seizure. Um, soon thereafter, that horrible event, I, um, I found Cure. And um, its mission really resonated with me. I, I flew out from, to Chicago to meet with Susan and to meet with the staff. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, got, I got taken with the organization's work, especially the um, investment in the SUDEP research space. So I quickly became a member of the Cure family, and um, you know have been along for the ride and been part of this movement ever since. Well, and you, the work that you've done with Cure is such an inspiration to all who have followed after you uh, as uh, on the Cure board, and um, really has made an impact um, in patient as well as within the research field. So we're so grateful that you're still involved and are starting to take some of your energies into some other areas because sadly SUDEP is not the only highly under-researched and highly under misunderstood form of epilepsy or issue within right. epilepsy. So, um, you know, today we wanted you to come and talk with us a little bit about epilepsy in the developing world and some of the, the public health crisis that's going on right. with that. How did you get involved in starting to turn your attentions to Africa and epilepsy and combating the public health crisis in developing countries? Um, we, you're so right. There's so many layers to epilepsy that we don't talk about and we don't know about and so much of it um, hides in the shadows. Mm -hmm. And so for many, many years, I, I was truly only focused on um, what was going on within our own borders. But um, my background is in international public health. So I, over time, started to wonder more and more what goes on with epilepsy in, in developing countries and low and middle income countries. Um, and I so I've, recent years, I've learned more and have become increasingly um, shocked and horrified by how much of a 
public health burden epilepsy carries. So um, more than 50 million people worldwide have epilepsy. 80% of these people live in low and middle income countries. And of that massive chunk of people, 75% of them receive no epilepsy treatment. You know, I, I mean, the, the discrepancies mm -hmm. of care and treatment in our world are just, are just tremendous. And yes, I know that is true for so many diseases, but somehow it's, it's even especially more true for epilepsy. And I think for so long I thought of epilepsy as this very complicated brain disease, which it is, right? But what is astonishing to me is 70% of people with epilepsy can be treated with medicines that we have had around for a really long time mm -hmm. and that are very affordable. Um, and those, those medicines aren't, aren't getting to people in need. How do you begin to even tackle <laughs> this issue? These statistics are daunting and um, we completely take for granted. We already feel the effects of stigma. We already feel the um, effects of you know, uh, difficult times that for many people of uh, access to healthcare. But in a developing country, some of those stats that you're giving us are just alarming. Where do you begin? It is alarming, and there are already efforts underway, which are very exciting. Um, but, but I think I'm so happy that Cure is shedding a light on this issue because I think it has to begin with awareness and understanding how this issue plays out in different parts of the world, mm -hmm. um, and that we all have a reason to um, be concerned by this and can help with this. Um, so I shared some of the um, numbers around the, the, the so-called treatment gap internationally. But what's uh, another element that's very interesting is what drives the treatment gap. Um, there is a deep stigma associated with epilepsy, as we all know. And it is, it is that much more so mm -hmm. in places like Africa, which is m what I know more of. Um, the... Um, People with epilepsy are, um, they are discriminated against and often um, there are violations of human rights. I was just in Uganda at a, um, an African epilepsy meeting. There were advocates there and doctors there and nurses there. It was this great coming together mm -hmm. of people who are trying to make a difference on this issue. But I heard story after story of what it can be like to live with epilepsy in some of these countries. And kids who have epilepsy who don't go to school because it's shameful for their family to be associated with this child, the kids who are chained up because they might have a seizure out in the street. Um, people often live in isolation because it is so embarrassing. Um, it's often thought to be um, a curse or witchcraft. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of misunderstanding around epilepsy. And then that keeps people from seeking treatment, even yeah, if treatment absolutely. was there. So there, there are all sorts of barriers to care. One is this lack of understanding, but the other is the availability of drugs mm -hmm. and the availability of trained providers. So it is a big problem to tackle, but um, 
there's great momentum around it right now. And um, leading international organizations are really raising awareness on this issue in ways that they've never have done in the past. That's why I'm sitting here with my report. <laughs> this is the uh, Epilepsy, a Public Health Imperative. This was just released this summer by the WHO in collaboration with International League Against Epilepsy and the um, International Bureau for Epilepsy. And this is a document that really um, puts epilepsy out there as a public health yeah. priority yeah. and makes the case for why this issue needs to be taken more seriously and invested in and how it can be integrated into existing healthcare systems. Mm -hmm. um, so this, uh, this report will hopefully go a long way in um, enabling governments to develop plans of care to tackle this problem within countries. Hi, this is Brandon from Citizens United for Research in Epilepsy, or CURE. Since 1998, CURE has raised more than $70 million to help fund more than 235 research grants in 15 countries around the world. Learn more at cureepilepsy.org. Now back to this episode of Seizing Life. Are there any uh, previous models of success? Are there any developing countries that have started to address this in a really meaningful and impactful way? Or is, are we starting at the very beginning with a lot of these countries? I mean, it's, it's different all over the world. I would say Africa, um, they are more at the beginning, yet there are, there are all kinds of efforts going on. Um, the I'm most interested in seeing how epilepsy is integrated in the primary care system where most people mm -hmm. go to get treatment yeah. because in um, countries like Uganda, there are just not that many mm -hmm. epilepsy doctors, yeah. let alone you know, neurologists. Um, but they've shown that epilepsy can be diagnosed and treated, many epilepsies can, at the primary care level. Yeah. So there are efforts being made to try to integrate that training into the primary care level, to try to work with tr the traditional healers, mm -hmm. which is who a lot of people go to when mm -hmm. they have a seizure, yeah. to try to work with the traditional healers to, um, to collaborate around you know, what they might want to treat and then what the healthcare system can treat. I think maybe what is um, most gives me most hope, and I think this might resonate with you too, is the power of advocacy. Yeah. You know, the advocates that I met in Africa, they're amazing. Against all odds, people who finally get some treatment and are able to come out with mm -hmm. a condition that's so stigmatized yeah. and talk about it and start organizations with very little resources. Yeah. Um, there are lots of these people. There's a large constituency out there yeah. of folks who wanna, who really wanna move this issue ahead. So yeah. I think there's opportunity, and so it's it's great to see the WHO level, this issue being made a priority, mm -hmm. and then at the grassroots is coming alive. Yeah. And um, I mean, there's so much You're work right. that You're needs so to right be done that, that, on that. But, get that, you know, engage with that grassroots community. Find, you know. Have you been able to find a group of, you know, angry moms <laughs> right, <laughs> that are right. passionate about trying to, you know, find a better way? Exactly. I remember at times um, 
you know, reading about different um, research that's been done, especially with things like malaria, malaria-induced epilepsy, things like that. Um, are there unique health challenges within Africa that are just make it, you know, we're, yeah. we're dealing with something other than some of the epilepsies that we currently see here in the U.S.? Yes, it's interesting in that way. The burden of epilepsy is much greater, actually, in some of these African countries than it is even here. Um, and that is because the causes of epilepsy are, 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 um, are, different, are a little different over there. You know, they have more cerebral infections, like mm -hmm. malaria. Mm -hmm. AIDS can cause a cerebral yeah. infection. Yeah. There, there are certain tapeworms. Um, also, um, trauma. We talk a cure a lot about head right. trauma, and you all Absolutely. are investing a lot in it. Um, trauma, head trauma is a, a common cause of epilepsy. Mm -hmm. Road traffic accidents are a huge problem. But um, reproductive health care is also a, a real challenge. And so births that maybe don't go so well, you know, and the, the infant ends up with a head injury, that can mm -hmm. lead to epilepsy. Stroke is also a, a very common cause of epilepsy too. So there are more, epilepsy is more prevalent and the mortality and the morbidity um, of untreated epilepsy is also much greater. Mm -hmm. So um, in many ways, it's an even more urgent um, problem. And what's interesting too on the international scene, they talk a lot about preventable epilepsies. And I don't, we don't talk about it as much here in the same way, but they say um, in low and middle income countries, 25% of epilepsies could be prevented from some of the causes we just talked about. Yeah. So it is truly a public health problem. Mm -hmm. And I think for so long, we haven't thought of it as a public health problem, right. Right. but it, it, it is. Yeah. What, what, what can you know, an organization like CURE do to help support these efforts? Well, I mean, this is great. <laughs> I think bringing awareness to this because we don't talk about it mm -hmm. so much in these terms and um, thinking about these issues and how they play out overseas and how we can be advocates for them here and talking about them with other organizations yeah. And, yeah. and others who could be the private sector that might be able to intersect on this. There's lots of opportunities to engage on this. And I think we're, you know, here just sort of figuring out how to do this. And I, I think, you know, the US government has a real opportunity to be a leader on this mm -hmm. within the WHO and, and uh, working to champion that more resources go towards creating, you know, an action plan for epilepsy right. Is, right. is sort of what the next big push is at the WHO level. Um, are you able to share what the Band Foundation is currently, you know, funding or looking at funding at this point? Sure. We're, we're funding a pilot project in six African countries right now. Mm -hmm. wow, and that's awesome. It's really, it's really <laughs> awesome. Um, these, it's, a, it's an advocacy project, and it is uh, equipping um, epilepsy associations in these countries with the tools and resources they need to build networks and collaborations with their own countries mm -hmm. to work with, lobby their own ministries of health to make epilepsy a national priority. And this, this um, advocacy effort uh, comes on the heels of another WHO mm -hmm. sort of landmark 
um, resolution that was passed three years ago, which is okay. a really big deal. There had never been uh, a resolution on epilepsy at the WHO level. But this, yeah. this came out and said, this is a problem. We need to wake up. And member countries of WHO, you need to make epilepsy a priority and create national plans. Mm -hmm. And in the three plus years that have happened since that resolution, not a lot has happened in many of these countries. So these advocates are now organizing yeah. and holding their governments accountable and saying, we also want to partner with you and develop these plans together so that we can treat this disease. What are some short-term and long-term goals that you feel the Band Foundation uh, could have in Africa around epilepsy? The Band Foundation is sort of small in the scale of foundations that but can really make a dent. <laughs> Um, but I would love to attract other partners into this space because I think together, short-term impact is to jump on this momentum that's been created by WHO, ILE, IBE, and make sure that every country's Ministry of Health, RHHS, like that they all know the impact of epilepsy globally. Um, and to work with the WHO to ensure that this global action plan is developed next year. That's a short-term advocacy goal. I think longer term, we need to figure out how to integrate epilepsy into existing healthcare systems. Mm -hmm. And so that they are, um, you know, become, that epilepsy becomes part of everyone else's agenda. Yeah. Um, you know, epilepsy is a chronic disease. NCDs um, are now getting a lot of play, non-communicable chronic diseases. And so epilepsy needs to be part of that agenda. So when we're thinking yeah. about like heart yeah. disease and diabetes globally, and how do we get resources towards those and build those healthcare systems mm -hmm. to be able to tackle it, we need to include epilepsy. Epilepsy is still thought of in many places in low-income countries as a mental health problem as a, um, you know, someone's insane. It's not thought of as a treatable, curable health problem. So, and then we need to keep up with this awareness and I think supporting these advocates from these countries so that they can have a voice yeah. to, to take, you know, this issue further in their own countries. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think it's a lot of work, but I think there's there's a lot of opportunity, and you can have an outsized impact with relatively smaller investments. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. Thank you so much for being oh, with us thank today, you and the amazing for doing this. work you are doing is just wow. so admirable, and we could not support you more in all these endeavors. So well, cure is an amazing organization, and it's home to me. So it it's really great so. to be back and in your kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Gardner, for providing these valuable insights on the challenges of epilepsy in the developing world. Epilepsy impacts tens of millions of people worldwide. It's essential that we have better access to treatments and to continue research to find a cure to end epilepsy. To help further Cure's research both in the United States and around the world, please visit cureepilepsy.org forward slash donate. Your support and generosity are greatly appreciated. Thank you.
The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Cure. The information contained herein is provided for general information only and does not offer medical advice or recommendations. Individuals should not rely on this information as a substitute for consultations with qualified healthcare professionals who are familiar with individual medical conditions and needs. Cure strongly recommends that care and treatment decisions related to epilepsy and any other medical condition be made in consultation with a patient's physician or other qualified healthcare professionals who are familiar with the individual's specific health situation.